Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. This week's episode is a solo podcast and I talk all about fat loss habits, strategies, and my little mantras that I've created for myself over the course of the past like three to four years and just being in control of food and not letting it take control of me. As you guys know, I've definitely struggled in the past with food and eating and dieting and just not giving myself permission and I think that creating a set of sayings or mantras around food has really helped me to cultivate a way better relationship with it um, and feel in control and not like it has power over me. So I share my top eight habits with you and I share my 10 fat loss mantras um, as I am going through a fat loss phase with Sarah Duff and the Queens of Strength program. Figured this would be a perfect opportunity to share what I'm doing with you guys um, so that you can learn from it and hopefully take what you've learned and execute it. Alrighty, so let's tune in to this week's episode. And if you like the episode, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, give me some reviews, some stars, um, and be sure to tag me on Instagram, put it on your story and share it. Um, I love hearing from you. And yeah. All right, let's tune into the episode now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello friends, Sam here, and today I wanted to talk all about my top habits and tips for fat loss, especially as I am starting my own program, Queens of Strength, and I am running a fat loss phase for the next eight weeks. Um, If you guys have been following me on Instagram or just through my email series or anywhere, um, you probably know that I just started that with Sarah Duff, um, the co-founder of Queens of Strength. And so the two of us have begun a fat loss phase, and it's been a while since I've been in one. But I know, I kind of know now that I've gone through it a few times, I know what to expect and I can kind of like just get myself in a good mindset and have a healthier relationship with dieting in the fat loss phase. And I wanted to share some of my like habits and tips with you guys because at the end of the day, it's only eight weeks. My body's not going to change that much, especially because I have been training for like over five years. Um, and at this point, like the more in shape you are, the harder it is to get in better shape. So right now, maybe if you have a lot of weight to lose, you're in a much better position than me um, in for the next eight weeks because you have some more fat to lose. And that's actually like pretty great because when you're starting out, it's kind of hard to stay motivated and consistent to begin with. So it allows you to see that progress a little bit faster and a little bit more, almost like a, a little bit more dramatically. Um, and then as you get more and more lean, as you build more muscle and lose more fat, the more fit that you get, the harder it is to get more fit. Just like any athlete, you know, like as you as you look at the Olympics, right, when you look at those athletes, they're within seconds of each other. If we're looking at like a timed race, they're within seconds 
of each other. But if you're in the middle school or high school area and you're watching people compete, um, they there might be 10, 15, 20 seconds between the athletes. So as you can see, the stronger, the faster, the fitter you get, the harder it is to get stronger, faster, and fitter. So it's like a it's like a big curve upwards. So the fitter you are, the harder it is to get fit. So that being said, I've run through this process a few times before, um, some in a healthy way and some in a not so healthy way. And I want to give you guys the tips to do it in a healthy way. Um, so we're going to talk mostly about nutrition because that's really what's going to change your body. Nothing about my training is really changing. Um, although I have been limiting my lifting only because I've had to take it easy due to the candida that they found in me. So um, I'm going to mostly just talk about nutrition tips and things that I do that help me stay on track. And hopefully they'll be able to help you, help you whether you're in a fat loss phase or just like a maintenance phase. You can still use these same principles, but maybe your portions will just be a little bit larger. <clears throat> so the first thing um, and probably the biggest thing that helped me um, change my body without counting calories is just having three meals per day. Um, and for some of you, maybe that's kind of scary because you're so used to eating three meals and two snacks or I don't know, maybe you're eating like four meals or who knows, or you don't eat breakfast or whatever, whatever works for you. But, um, I've gone through phases of trying intermittent fasting. I've had six meals a day. I've had three meals, two snacks. Um, I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried low carb. I have not tried keto because... I love carbs too much, but um, I think the thing that I have found the most consistent um, progress with and the least amount of thinking to do with food is three meals per day, no snacks. Um, and so it basically just gives me three opportunities to eat bigger meals because it's only three meals. So they're probably going to be, for me, um, anywhere between five to 700 calories per meal. So that's a pretty substantial meal. For me, I like to feel that sense of fullness after I eat or else I'm just thinking about food all the time. So if I know that I have three eating windows in which I can consume roughly five to 700 calories, um, then I'm good. And that makes me feel satiated and satisfied after a meal. And that is huge. The satisfaction factor after a meal, if you feel like you just had a big plate of food, you're going to be a lot less likely to want a snack or like binge eat later because you're, it's part of that permission piece that I've been talking about previously is like you're giving yourself permission to enjoy all of the things on a big ass plate. Um, and so that brings me to the next rule I have for myself is like one big plate or one bowl. Um, and I use this template with all of my clients as well. So if you think about your plate or your bowl as like a pie chart, I always fill half of my plate with vegetables, a quarter of my plate with carbs or fats, but usually carbs, um, and a quarter of my plate with protein. So it's going to look like a pie chart split in half and then one side is split in half again. So to repeat that, it's going to be a half a plate of vegetables, a quarter of a plate of protein, and a quarter of a plate of carbs or fats. Um, 
for me, this is really easy just to knowing the right like proportions of foods for me. Um, and this doesn't require any precision. And it also allows you to do it when you go out to eat, which for me in the past, if I went out to eat and I was in a fat loss phase, I would like freak the hell out because I couldn't track my calories and I didn't know what was in foods and I just got super overwhelmed and I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to get like, you know, the most unhealthy thing on the menu and get dessert in an app and wine and, you know, just like have bites of other people's food because I can't track it anyways. And so... This kind of gives me more control over what I'm eating because there's not such structure and rigidity to it. It's more like a loose template. And so at the end of the day, it's so much more about being consistent than being perfect. And I found that having this, you know, three meals per day and having this one big plate rule really just like simplifies all the extra nonsense around food. Um, And for me, the least amount of time that I can spend on thinking about like, oh, what am I going to eat? Is it going to be like, you know, just like planning and getting all stressed out about it? I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get in my own head like, oh man, like, I don't know, like this is too high in fat, this is too low in carbs, like blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to just kind of, you know, overthink the food you're eating. But what I want you to do and what I try to have all my clients do is get back to a place before you even like dieted where you didn't really like think about food in the sense of being good, bad, or like enough, not enough, but more just like listening to your body. Um, and that's something that I've been working on myself for the past year or so as I have transitioned from counting calories to intuitively eating. Um, and so that will bring me to the next point, which is experiencing hunger before meals so in the past when I was tracking calories I was eating at times that I wasn't hungry and I was also overeating or undereating, um dependent on the macros I had for that day meaning like how much protein how much carbs how much fats and how much total calories I had for the day and when I say that out loud it's crazy that I let myself do that for so long because I was just totally ignoring my body, like 100%. I would be hungry and I was like, nope, nope, can't give in to hunger, bad. And then I would be full and I'd be like, well, but I have to hit my macro, so I need to eat more. So I was eating more calories than I needed um, just because of this silly number that has no relevancy to how my body's actually operating. Um, And I was putting so much pressure on myself to get this whole thing perfect. So... When I transitioned to um, eating more intuitively or just like listening to hunger cues, um, I found that I had to really tune into my hunger and that hunger is really the only thing that hunger is. It's kind of that like empty hollow feeling in your stomach. Sometimes it'll be accompanied by like a growling sensation that could be the Loch Ness Monster or that could just be your stomach. But either way, whatever it is, that's hunger. So when you opt to eat for anything but hunger that's usually a sign of like stress eating or emotional eating or um you know if you're overeating it's probably because you're not giving yourself permission to eat certain things in other areas of you know throughout the day or throughout your week so i suggest tuning into that but i think for me experiencing hunger about 30 to 60 minutes before a meal has been a tried and true method to making sure that 
I actually am eating in accordance with my body's need for more food. Um, And remembering that hunger is actually really important for fat loss. It's not something to be feared. In fact, if you're not experiencing hunger when you're in a fat loss phase, quote unquote fat loss phase, then you're not really in a fat loss phase. Um, You really want to make sure that you're experiencing hunger. And I don't mean like hunger to the point of like, you're about to pass out because you're so hungry um what I mean is just that hollowing sensation in your stomach like oh wow yeah like I feel really empty right now it's almost that feeling of like really lean and just hollow um that is what hunger is so I experience hunger before meals each time I eat or try my best to sometimes it ends up that you know maybe I have to eat at a certain time because that's just how my day is and I'm not that hungry, um, I will just eat a little bit less, and that's okay. Um, And that's probably going to happen to you too if you're working a 9 to 5 and you only have a certain window to eat within. Then you can just kind of plan your meals accordingly. So say, you know, you have breakfast. Right now you have breakfast at 9 a.m., you have lunch at 12, and you have dinner at 6. So you can see, like, maybe at 12 you're not that hungry. Um, so instead, if you reduce the size of your breakfast so that your lunch becomes way bigger, um, and you haven't had as much food prior to lunch, then more often than not, you'll be pretty hungry when it comes to lunch, and then you'll have a big-ass meal for your lunch, and that'll hold you over until dinner, which you don't eat until six. So if you look, the, the windows of time between your meals, nine to 12 is only three hours, and then 12 to six is six hours. So making sure that you kind of structure your meals and your the size of your meals according to your schedule. Um, and that's going to be different for everyone. So for me, I typically eat breakfast between eight and nine. Um, I'll usually eat lunch between between 12 and 2 it's really dependent on my my workflow for the day and I usually won't eat dinner until between 7 or and 8 um so you can see I have a pretty big window between my lunch and dinner it's about like five to seven hours so usually lunch is the biggest meal of the day for me because I know that it's got to sustain me throughout the whole afternoon throughout a workout um and then get me home and not be like you know crazy ravenous by the time I eat dinner so that's that's that for um, hunger before meals. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is the rule, um, never have a bad meal twice. So for example, if you go out to eat and you decide to get something a little bit more indulgent, all that means is your next meal, just make it a little bit healthier. You know, if you go out to eat with friends and you guys get pizza, okay, your next meal, have like a big ass salad. Um, and then put a bunch of toppings on it and put some lean protein on it or have a bunch of veggies and rice and or whatever your favorite carb is on mine is potatoes um, and some type of lean protein whether it be fish or chicken or beef or um, any veggie plate veggie based proteins like chickpeas or lentils or whatever tofu so just just remembering like if you quote-unquote mess up or if you aren't fully on track you know for your meals that's okay it's not a problem the problem happens when you follow up that meal with another meal that's not as good quote-unquote and then you keep going down that spiral so it's really just about like getting your um your recovery and your like bounce back quicker so maybe right now like if you mess up you kind of spiral downwards you feel bad about it it sends you into this cycle of food guilt and shame and I know that I've totally been there when I like mess up. I'm like, well, I might as well just keep messing up because I know I can't do it anyways. Um, But really what I want you to remember is like if you mess up, 
just get back on track. Like that's really all that dictates success from failure is your ability to just get back up. You know, um, Michael Jordan was cut from his varsity uh, basketball team, you know, and he was told he would never make it, but he told everyone he was the greatest of all time. Um, and he had to, you know, get him, pick himself up. And so I don't know why I'm making a basketball analogy here, but that's okay. Uh, we'll just go with it and hopefully you will just not have a bad meal twice. So next rule, um, I have made for myself is eliminate or at least severely reduce liquid calories. So liquid calories come in the form of Coffee that's not really coffee because it's mostly just milk and sugar. Juices that claim to be healthy um, and full of, you know, advantages in health and antioxidants and all this stuff. When in reality, it's just like, you know, 40 to 60 grams of sugar packed in a bottle with some, some, some fresh, freshly squeezed fruit. Um, Or alcohol, um... You know, anything else that you add to your drinks or soda. Um, So for me, if I'm going to drink a soda, which is not that often, it's just going to be a diet soda. But honestly, I don't really drink soda that often. Sometimes I just have like a really strong craving for a diet or for a Coke. I'll just have a diet Coke. A diet Coke is zero calories. And if you're worried about artificial sweeteners, don't be. Go do the research. I can send you hundreds of sources on why this is not an issue. Um, unless you're consuming like six liters of soda a day, then you're good. Um, so having a Diet Coke once in a while is not a problem. Having a Diet Coke once a day is not even a problem. But, you know, I'd rather you focus on general overall health. And that also includes extra, you know, just additives and stuff they put in soda. But... In order to eliminate or reduce liquid calories, I just drink a a fuck ton of water. Um, I will add lemon to my water. I'll add, sometimes I'll even add those little like Mio drops if I'm feeling like I'm not really drinking enough water and need to be drinking more. That kind of gives me more incentive to drink water because it has a flavor. Um, And in the summertime, if I have a water bottle that does not insulated and my water gets warm, I don't want to drink piss water, so, but if it has a flavor, I don't really mind drinking it, you know, lukewarm, um, but I guess that's my own problem, I should just get an insulated water bottle, so if you don't have one of those, go get one, um, and then as for, for coffee, I used to drink, oh god, my coffee was, like, basically white when I first started drinking coffee, to be honest with you guys, now I drink my coffee black, or I add some almond milk, or cashew milk, or whatever, some type of nut place, nut-based milk because I am lactose intolerant um and I will add stevia sometimes because it's zero calories or if I'm like going to Starbucks or something if I'm traveling then I'll add those little green packets that they have um by the counter those are also zero calories so just like looking for little ways that sneaky calories um get into your diet that's often like a lot of it's it's a lot of the reason why people gain weight is not from like crazy, um, you know, like portion issues. It's a lot to do with these like little sneaky calories, like liquid calories through, you know, through coffee or through alcohol or through drinks, um, salad dressings, condiments, all that stuff that just adds up. So keep an eye on that and really ask yourself, like, how many calories am I really consuming? You know, like if you are going to, um, a bigger chain, 
like Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts or, you know, whatever, whatever the coffee shop of choice is for you. Um, they usually have their nutritional info on their website and you can check that out. Um, and also they will have it in my fitness pal. I believe they have pretty much like every drink you can imagine, but just think of it this way. If you take a black coffee, which is zero calories and you put like six packets of sugar in it, that already just accumulated like 120 calories worth of just pure sugar and carbs, right? And that's not really going to do anything for you. You're not even going to recognize that you just consumed those. So rather than spending those calories, you know, on something that you don't even recognize that you're consuming, spend it on food, which actually will satiate you. A coffee, a sugar-laden coffee, where it's mostly sugar and cream or milk and a little dash of coffee, it's not going to satisfy you the way that like a bowl of protein and veggies and potatoes would. So just keep that in mind. When you're in a fat loss phase, you want to maximize all of your calories in your calorie bank. And if you drink them, your digestive system and just like your brain actually has a different way of processing like when you drink things rather than when you chew them. So give yourself more opportunity to chew and you will notice that you'll just eat less naturally. So that brings me to the next thing, which is um, olive oil um, and just like general cooking methods. Another way that seeking calories can get into your diet. Um, I love extra virgin olive oil. It's what I use on most of my dishes um, for an oil source. If not, I'll use like avocado oil or coconut oil. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. But if you right now are pouring olive oil into a pan before you cook and then cooking, you could be adding anywhere from like a hundred to 500 calories of fat to your meals without you even realizing it. And so it's not to say that olive oil is bad because like I said, it's not, but it can be really, really hard to track your portions of it if you're not hyper aware of the amount you're pouring in the pan. So for that reason, I like putting my olive oil in like a spritz bottle or just buying the ones on the shelf that you can get in the grocery store. I look for ones that only have olive oil in the spray bottle. A lot of them put like all of these crazy additives and fillers and like soy lecithin and all these weird things um, that just don't make my stomach feel good and they probably don't make yours feel good either. So if you are going to look for a spray bottle, look for one that's just olive oil or just whatever the oil is that you're using. Try to eliminate the other extra crap in there just for general health. And then when you're spraying the pan or um, you know, using your bottle, just be really mindful of portions because it can add up super quick and you don't even really taste it, um, which is one of those things. It's like, oh crap, I just ate 500 calories worth of olive oil, Ugh. but you don't even, you didn't even recognize you did it. So just being aware of things like that, that are really high in calories and are easy to underestimate portions. Um, and then the next rule I have is, which I actually don't follow myself. I don't even take my own advice on this rule for two things, and I'll tell you what they are in um, in a second. But um, don't eat straight from the container. So eating straight from the container is like the the probably one of the main reasons why people are <laughs> overweight because it's really easy to just keep going, right? Like to just keep putting your hand back in the the bowl of 
popcorn or keep putting the spoon back into the jar of peanut butter or keep dipping the spoon back into the pint of ice cream. Um, For me, my weakness is ice cream for sure. Uh, and I almost never portion out ice cream because there's something really nice to me about scraping the ice cream from the pint. Like, I don't know why I enjoy that, but I do. And so I kind of sabotage myself and then I don't put the ice cream in a separate container when I eat it. Like, I don't put it in a bowl. So maybe I should start doing that, but I don't right now and it's probably going to have to change. But that's something I don't do and I should. Um, and I maybe I will, maybe this, maybe recording this podcast will help me stay accountable, (laughs) but, um, that, and then also I've been making this really delicious, um, it's like a edible cookie dough, and it's so fucking good that when I make it and I'm putting it into the container after I've made it, I end up eating, like, half of the batter before I even get to, like, save it for later, and that is such a problem for me when I bake. I'm like, oh, let me just try this real quick, and then I'm like, oh, I just ate half the thing, so just having a little bit more self-control around that, um, or, like, chewing gum while you make anything like that so that you're not really tempted to like keep licking the spoon over and over and over and over again um that is definitely a weakness of mine and so I can work on that um but that's something where like all these little calories end up adding up over time and then that's where they'll get you so all right we hit I think we hit almost all the habits I wanted to cover except the last one which is having a few go-to meals that you love so like I think I've talked about this definitely on Instagram, but just like generally um, having some staple meals that you love. If you don't have that right now, then you're you're probably doing yourself a disservice by always feeling like you have to make something new um, and come up with these like grandiose Pinterest schemes or find a recipe in a cookbook um, every you know few days or every week. Now, if it's something that you enjoy doing, like cooking these new meals, then by all means let that be your thing. But for me, that's not where I want to spend my time is like, is just trying to like, get these recipes together and figuring out all the ingredients and then going to the store and buying these obscure ingredients that I'll probably not have any use for after the recipe. So I stick to really simple basics. I have two breakfasts, you guys probably see them on my stories, Um, oatmeal of some sorts, and and like a smoothie that I basically don't add any liquid to so it's pretty much like breakfast ice cream and I love both of those options like I look forward to eating both of them um and they're they're easy they're simple I know the portions like I don't have to think about it and that's that's for me is like so big with the less decisions I have to make throughout the day especially when it comes to that stuff that's like a godsend um for lunch, I typically, now that it's getting a little bit warmer out, I will typically do a big-ass salad and I will put it in a bowl that's bigger than my head um, to get a lot of volume. So I'll add like so much of like spring mix and spinach and all this stuff. Then I'll add like roasted potatoes or some type of um, carb. I am obsessed with potatoes. I think rice and quinoa all suck. Like I get really... I just, I don't, they don't fill me the way that potatoes do. Potatoes really just, they have a special place in my heart and I just love, I love potatoes. If anyone else is team potato, please let me know. I just love, I'm just going to keep talking about potatoes. I made them yesterday and I made them with like 
roasted or um with curry powder and the umami seasoning from trader joe's and some paprika and fuck they were so good i couldn't stop eating them um and that's when you know that you like a food and that you should keep it in your diet is when you really like it so um you know throughout my own fowls phase like i make sure i have potatoes in my fridge almost at all times because it's a food i really enjoy and i look forward to and it can make a dish tasty and yeah all right so i'll stop talking about potatoes but anyways back to the big ass salad so i'll toss my my potatoes on there um I will add some type of lean protein, whether it be crockpot chicken or tuna or um, some type of seafood or what else do I usually do? Maybe I don't, I'm not really eating any red meat right now. Um, and that's just a personal choice because of this candida cleanse I'm on. But you can add red meat. Um, you could add deli meat. You can add, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you could add tofu or tempeh chickpeas, lentils, pretty much any protein source. You just want to make sure that you do have some type of protein on the salad or else you'll be hungry again in like an hour. Um, And then I will also add some type of healthy fats. So lately my healthy fats has been Kalmata olives, um, tahini, hummus, um, or avocado, or some type of like nut, like a salted pistachios or something. Um, and the fat will help you stay fuller longer. So adding just a little bit of fat in will help you stay satiated and satisfied for more than just a few hours after you have a salad. Um, and then lastly, I will add like a more veggies on top. So I've been doing this like Greek salad on top of my salad, which is basically just like diced cucumbers, tomatoes, and Kalmata olives with some balsamic, a little olive oil, salt and pepper. And then I'll kind of like drizzle that over the top of the salad. And that'll just kind of wrap it all up and, you know, give it some good flavor and have a nice crunch to it in contrast to, like, the mushy lettuce. Um, Not mushy lettuce, but you know what I mean. It's not really that crunchy, so I like the texture contrast. Um, And then for dinner, I'll usually do some sort of, like, stir-fry or something like that. Um, I am obsessed with eggs, but right now I can't eat them because of the candida situation so I've not been having any eggs but prior to that my my one of my go-tos would be like one to two whole eggs with a half a cup of egg whites um and then either some potatoes or like a piece of toast with avocado and that's usually a pretty solid meal it keeps me full and it just makes me happy so those are those are my main meals. Um, if I don't do that, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll do like a stir fry or I'll just do like a random ass bowl of, um, some type of veggies, carbs, and protein. And it's really, I just think of it of my meal in, in that way that we talked about at the beginning, um, where a half of my plate is veggies, a quarter of my plate is protein and a quarter of it is carbs. For me, that's just like a tried and true method, um, of fat loss. And in terms of, portions like I said keeping hunger in mind um what you want to do is get to a place where you know you're not hungry anymore but you're not really chasing fullness um especially in fat loss you don't want to be like super full at the end of your meal like yeah you want to feel satisfied but as if you could eat more um and that's going to make sure that you're eating the right amount for you and so that's going to take some trial and error it's taken me 
months and I would say almost a year to really figure that out and I know like this afternoon like I ate my lunch was a little bit bigger than I probably needed but that's okay because I will just not be hungry until later on Um, or if I have to eat at a certain time then I'll just have a smaller dinner so it's like your body starts to realize that you're not trying to fight it um, and it starts working with you and just giving you signs and um, at the end of the day like it wants to achieve homeostasis like it wants to achieve balance and feeling good so it's going to give you the signals and signs you need to stay on top of your shit Um, and when you're in a fat loss phase I think the biggest thing is just not being afraid of of hunger because for me personally I was really scared of hunger for a long time like I would get really anxious I would have like snacks on me at all times quote-unquote just in case um and that's a very common thing I see with all my clients um and just just a lot of people in general like just being really scared or fearful that there wasn't going to be food around when they got hungry but the thing is like Think of a time when you were in a social situation and you were hungry and you couldn't eat. Did you die? No. You know, um, you're going to be fine. Um, And so I think just remembering and having to recite to yourself, and I do this still to this day, um, like hunger is not an emergency. I can always have more later. And just remembering that when you get home, you can eat. Or when you go to a convenience store, you can grab something. Like it's not the end of the world. And if anything, you're just kind of like working through some mental resistance, which is the hunger. Um, It's just a signal. And it's just like when you're tired, right? Like when you yawn or you're tired, it's not like you have to go to bed immediately, right? Like you don't just yawn and then you just sprint up into your bedroom and like pull the sheets over your head and go to sleep. No, that's not how it works. Um, But that's because you've told yourself that's not how it works. But if you thought that that's how it would work, then anytime you would yawn, you would run up to your bedroom and then jump in bed. So the only reason why right now maybe you're you're fearful of hunger is because you've been telling yourself that it's not good to experience it. But in reality, if you want to lose fat, which 99.9% of people want to lose fat, just, you know, or just like let it come off naturally, it might not be their biggest goal, but you know, we can all, we all like want to look better, of course. Um, and so if that is, sounds like you, you know, if you want to build more muscle, if you want to lose more fat, it's like, just don't be afraid of it. It's not something to be scared of. Um, and so that's for me has, I've been working on that myself by just writing down like my little fat loss, fat loss mantras. Um, and that's really helped me just get out of my head because, I used to have a very messed up relationship with food, which if you guys have been following this podcast, you know how many things I've struggled with and with, whether it be binge eating or um, periods of restriction or not giving myself permission or just, you know, really having like using food as a way to either cope with things or not allowing myself to eat it. And so for me, I think creating my little fat loss mantras has really helped me just remember that I'm in control and I'll share those with you as we wrap up the episode um so I'm gonna list my top 10 fat loss mantras um some of which I've already kind of said to you in the episode but we can just do a little recap anyways and it'll give you a chance if you want to grab a pen and paper to write them down then you can create a little sheet for yourself um and put it in your kitchen so that you're reminded when you go to eat or put it at work, when you go to eat, you're like, okay, I'm in control here. You know, food is not controlling me. 
Um, so number one, I know that food is not the answer to my problems. Um, and that for me was huge when dealing with anything emotional, I would naturally resort to food, but obviously food was not the answer to the problem. In fact, it was actually the problem, um, because it was sabotaging me and causing me, you know, fat gain, which was making me unhappy. Uh, number two, I eat when I'm hungry and not to react to stress or emotion. So it's pretty similar to number one, just, I guess, another way to say it. Number three, I know that hunger is not an emergency, which we talked about earlier as it being just part of, you know, the essential fat loss process. And it's okay. It's not a, something to be feared. Um, it actually means your fat loss is working. Um, number four, I eat three big filling, satisfying meals a day and don't snack. So for me, I just said, I don't snack. I'm just not a person who snacks. Um, And that's really helped me just get over the hump that I had because at first it was kind of hard um, to go from three meals and two snacks to no snacks. So I did incrementally. I did three meals and then one snack and then gradually I did three meals and I realized I wasn't going to die and it was okay. Um, Number five, I experienced hunger for 30 to 60 minutes before eating. So this one just helps you be in tune with your hunger cues and not to eat for anything but hunger, which is super helpful when you're trying to lose fat. Number six, I can always have more later. So just remembering like whatever it is that you're eating, you don't need to shove your face full of it, although you could. I don't know that you'd want to um, just because you might not feel good after, but you can always have it later, whether it be like going out to eat and you get leftovers or maybe you've had a, you know, a portion of something at home, whether it be ice cream, you can always have more later. It's not like it's going anywhere. You can always, if you finish the container, you can always buy another one. Um, There's no shortage of food, at least here in America. Um, And I think if you're listening to this podcast then you probably are in a good enough place where that's that also rings true and I hope that for you um so no fear of just having things later um number seven I give myself permission to enjoy the things I love um this goes back to episode from last week where I shared with you that I wasn't giving myself permission to eat the things that I really wanted um I was trying to tell myself I was like oh yeah you don't really want bread but meanwhile I actually did want bread I did want bread, but I just told myself, like, nope, I don't really, I'm not, like, a person who likes bread. Deep down, I'm, like, anytime I'd go out to eat and there'd be bread at the table, I would just be, like, a savage and I'd eat, like, four slices, five slices of bread. So that obviously meant that my body was, you know, was in need of some bread. So figure out what those things are for you. And one at a time, you can start slowly introducing them. Um, A lot of my clients have their own fear foods and we work on strategies to helping them just start to reintroduce those foods that they were previously scared of. Um, And it's a very valid thing to be um, experiencing. It's something that I dealt with for a while. And sometimes I still, you know, go through phases with certain foods. Like I feel like, oh man, I just, I just want so much, you know, like, or whatever it is. And I try to reel myself in and remember this mantra. So give myself permission. Um, Number eight, I can eat anything I want in moderation. Um, And again, this goes back to just, you know, removing all restrictions or rules. 
um, not classifying anything as bad or good. It's more just like what do you eat the majority of the time versus what do you eat the minority of the time. And making sure that the majority of the time you're eating good foods um, and then allowing yourself like more fun stuff, you know, on, you know, just randomly throughout the week um, and not just pushing them all to the weekends and feeling like it's a whole like binge fest. So just regularly incorporating treats into your week is always a good thing. Um, number nine, I am allowed to say no to foods that are offered to me. This one is huge because I think we often feel social pressure to eat certain things or eat the way our friends are eating or the way our boyfriend or girlfriend is eating and, um, or a spouse. And that can be really hard dealing with societal pressure or even just pressure that you put on yourself Like, no one's actually judging you for the food you're eating, but you feel like they're judging you. So then what you end up doing is making a decision based on what you think that they think of you. But in reality, they don't give a shit what you're eating and they don't have any opinion on what you're doing, but you've kind of projected that onto them. And then by and large, you end up eating something you didn't really feel 100% comfortable eating and it becomes this whole cycle. So if you can resonate to that, please let me know um, because it is a very common thing to experience. Um, but just remembering like you're in, you're in charge and only you are the one that gets to deal with the repercussions of what you eat. Um, so just keeping that in mind, like you're in the driver's seat and no one can make you eat or drink anything you don't want to. Um, and if someone is pressuring you to eat a certain or eat a certain thing or drink a certain thing you can just tell them the thing that's worked for me is oh yeah like that just like doesn't make me feel well or like it just doesn't agree with me and it's kind of hard for someone to argue with that because I don't think people in hopefully the people in your life don't want you to feel bad Um, and if you tell them that that food or whatever it is makes you not feel great they're probably just gonna let it go um And usually that comes from, like, family, like, pressuring you to eat, like, oh, like, eat the lasagna, have another another slice or whatever. Um, When, you know, they're just, they're just showing you love and they're doing so in the way of food pushing. Just, you know, push the plate away and just say, I'm all set. Like, you know, it's either, either like, it just doesn't agree with me right now or, you know, I'm just really full and I just, I just don't want anymore. Um, And that's usually a really good strategy for helping people just shut up and mind their own business. Um, and lastly, um, staying hydrated, which is something that can often be confused with hunger. So I usually drink a glass of water before and after each meal. And that just kind of helps me not confuse my thirst for hunger. Um, so I guess generally those mantras definitely helped, have helped me personally rewrite my story and relationship with food because for a while, I kind of let it take over and was in the driver's seat of my life and I felt like it was just stringing me along. Um, and, you know, it can, it's it's really taxing to feel that way. Like you're not in control of your own decisions um, or like this this thing, food, which isn't even like a living thing, you know, it's it's kind of in control somehow and it's really only because you've let it get in control. So, My biggest advice is don't give power to food, you know, treating social events just like any other day, right? Treating 
any meal out that you don't regularly eat just like any other meal there's no need to give it this like you know put it on a pedestal and treat it differently because that's where you end up hurting yourself um, in your progress because you see it in a different way and you give power to food so I hope all this was helpful I just wanted to kind of give you guys a um, tried and true through myself and all of my clients um, just habits that you can start building um, and really, like, I don't think that anyone wants to track calories for the rest of their life. I know, like, I probably won't ever track calories again because it seriously stresses me out and I just hate having to do it. Um, if you've never done it before, I definitely recommend doing it for at least a month so you can see what's in your food. But as for anyone else that's already done it, like, it's just, it's really just not, um, necessary. You know, like, once you understand what's in your food and once you understand portion size, then you really start to learn how and what your body needs. Um, and so if that's something that, you know, you struggle with now, it will come with time. It's taking me years to feel comfortable intuitively eating. Um, and it's not something that you can just do right off the bat. So start small. Start with the three meals, like I talked about, um, and listening to your hunger cues, and then go from there. So I really hope this episode was helpful. Um, if you guys have any questions or if you like the episode, please head over to Spotify or iTunes or if you want to take a screenshot of it and um, maybe tag me and put the thing that you learned from this week's episode, something that resonated with you. I would love that. I love hearing from you guys. Like seriously, makes my freaking day. Um, and just knowing that I'm, I'm helping you and enriching your life in some way. Um, whether it be through one thing I said or through multiple things. And feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, or anyone else that you think would be of benefit. So let me know what you guys think. Looking forward to hearing from you all soon. Have an awesome rest of your day and catch you next week.